This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today in the wide, wide, wild world of politics, you're going to be shocked at which never Trumper may soon be putting on a MAGA hat. Dana White gives the middle finger to a popular exercise brand. And we ask the panel, is 60 years too old to have an OnlyFans? Well, we have all that and more, and it starts right now. Hi there. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. We've made it to Friday. We've got a really fun show for you today. A little bit of a lighter show, which I love. And I am joined at the table by digital strategist Logan Hall. Glad to have you here. Thank you. And then, of course, our editor-in-chief of Blaze Media, Matthew Peterson. Glad Thank to have you. you here. Happy Friday. Well, I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially like the weekend before Thanksgiving. I think this is supposed to be like one of the busiest food shopping weekends of the year. But I have a feeling... None of us here at the table are going to be doing that this weekend. <laughs> I know I'm not. I leave that up to the, to the pros. So we're going to start today talking about Barbara Streisand. We've been hearing a lot about her recently, actually, because she's put out this memoir that's like 900 pages. It's like 15 hours in the audiobook. So if you love Barbara Streisand, you know, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But for all the rest of us, let's talk about her because she is claiming that she will yet again leave the United States if Donald Trump gets reelected. Now, she made this claim back in 2016 also, saying that she was going to flee the country if he got to be president. But she doubled down on this on a, a clip with The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. We're going to play that right now. You've known of, you've known and supported a lot of political figures. You're friends yeah. with the Clintons. Yeah. I'm not going to get into you dating Pierre Trudeau, but you have politicians in more than one country, shall we say. What do you make of the political climate of the United States now? Bad. Well, I like Biden. Mm-hmm. I like Biden. I think he's done a good job. I think he's compassionate. He's smart. He supports the right things. How do you feel about the specter of a second Trump administration? I will move. I can't live in this country if that's, if he became president. But where would you go? Where would you go? Probably to England. Mm -hmm. I like England. So like I mentioned, she said the same thing back in 2016, except for back then she, uh, she said that she would maybe go to Canada. But she clearly didn't do that, even though Donald Trump won back then. Uh, we've got some other celebrities that have made similar claims. Whoopi Goldberg said the same thing. Raven Simone said she was going to move to Canada with her entire family. She said she already had her ticket. There were a couple of other big celebrities, uh, Miley Cyrus, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, Lena Dunham, Amy Schumer, Chelsea Handler. They all said that they were going to move if Trump got elected. And of course, that didn't happen with any of them. What do you think? Yeah, uh, obviously this country would be a lot better if the people who claimed that they were going to leave it uh, after Trump's 2016 victory actually would have left, Mm -hmm. but they didn't. Um, I think the more revealing thing here is that uh, a lot of the 
elite leftists who uh, just say, oh, I'm just going to turn on a dime. I can, I can go whenever I want if something bad happens here. Because they don't really have a lot of loyalty to America. They don't really feel like they're American. They can just go and pack their bags and release all of these horrible policies on the rest of us who, of lesser means who could not leave. Uh, and then they can just, on a dime, get out. Um, the other thing that's important, too, is that uh, before 2024, we are going to witness the biggest flood of propaganda. I'm predicting this, but I think it will be the biggest flood of propaganda uh, even even mirror it will it will uh, dwarf what 2016 and 2020 were, and so um, I think that's that's all the more important for uh, people to join with us and cut through all of that, yeah, and fight it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my first thing here is just the, uh, and I think there's a lot of wisdom and age and so forth. I'm not someone who's a generational you know antagonist, but this is an 81 year old actress. I have no idea why I should give two you-know-whats about what Barbara Streisand <laughs> thinks about politics or anything else. And literally the only thing that in that video they refer to as, you know, where her expertise comes from is sleeping with politicians. I mean, that was, I think I just saw that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is, of course, absurd. She's not a serious uh, uh, person when it comes to politics. But it's the, the typical attitude is, oh, my gosh, I'd leave. And it is getting more serious, I think, as Logan says, where, you know, Trump is literally Hitler is now. I mean, they, they've internalized that. principle. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. what they think. I totally agree. But I, Biden's compassionate, right? <laughs> when she says, I think he's done a good job. Well, I mean, maybe that's because she has the financial means to withstand what the economy is like right now. But for the average American, I mean, we've played clip after clip of people who are saying, I'm working three jobs. I can't afford to feed my family. So maybe she's insulated from the economic effects that a lot of us are living through. And that's why she thinks Biden's done a good job. But Just all the polls show that the average American disagree, even if they voted for him, they completely disagree. The other thing is that, you know, she's been spent a decade apparently writing a 900-page book about herself, (laughs) so she may not have time to look around the way the world is for the rest of us. Right, and see what's going on. It's very true. Well, I thought this was also really interesting. We have a clip of The Rock. He went on Joe Rogan's podcast recently, and uh, Joe Rogan asked him, do any of his friends actually support Joe Biden? And it's it's pretty funny seeing his response. When I was a kid, you can have a Republican friend. Like, it, it was no big deal. <laughs> yes, yes. It's no big deal. Like, oh, Bobby likes George Bush. Of Who course. cares? Who gives right. a f-? You know, you were a supporter of Bill Clinton. He liked George Bush. Nobody cared. Nobody like f- you. You yeah. know, it wasn't like, you're a Nazi. Like, I'm a, what am I, I'm a Nazi. I just want lower taxes. That's what <laughs> <laughs> talking Dang, about. How did I become a Nazi? Dude, it's, a, it's the craziest thing. I have friends who support <laughs> Trump. I have friends who support Biden. I have friends. Do you really have friends who support Biden? I do. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Here's, here's what I do. I have, I have friends. Thank you. That's a good check because that's important. <laughs> this is important context. They support the Democratic Party. I have friends who are loyal to the party. Yes. So I love seeing The Rock make that distinction because you see him immediately kind of backtrack and go, well, no, 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 no. It's, it's not that they support Biden. It's that they're loyal to the party. Do you both kind of feel like that seems to be the sentiment all the way around? How many people really come out and go, well, you know, I think he is doing a great job. Yeah, Biden's clearly just a puppet. He's a stand in for uh, Obama, the Obama administration. I mean, the, the people in the Biden administration are just like third rate Obama staffers. So this really the proper way to think about it is this is Obama's third term. Everything we're seeing now is just Obama policies coming to their logical conclusion. Um, I do think that reveals 
a deeper uh, uh, reality about the leftist psyche that they don't really care who's there. It, uh, Biden's clearly just a figurehead. But they do care about the party. They are loyal to the party. Mm-hmm. They uh, are, enforce very strict I- ideological standards. You can't, you can't stray outside a certain uh, bound without them uh, excising you and removing you from the party. And um, this, is, this is kind of what the divide is right now because the Republican base is not really loyal to the GOP as it stands. Mm-hmm. They don't really, they hate most of the people in Washington regardless of Republican or Democrat. They just want their country to uh, give them the American dream that they, they remember. The, the Democrats, on the other hand, are very, very loyal. I mean, it's like Stalin-esque almost com- level commitments to what the party is. Oh, yeah. And you, you even saw that in the Streisand interview. I mean, when, when, she, when Colbert's asking her, she's like, oh, it's all terrible. But okay, I do like Biden. Check. You know, and why? She said, she said, because he supports the right things. Yes. You know, he goes with the current thing. He yes. goes along. We know that he's in the right, you know. Uh, it's like the the opposite Trump. We Fetterman. We love Fetterman. Yes. We, we love anybody who presses the button the right way, right? I mean, that's their attitude, uh, and so I think that's absolutely right. It's interesting with the Rock, though, because he was supposed to run for office and possibly run for president. And he's incredibly popular. A lot of elite society doesn't even understand uh, the success that he has had, um, and uh, and the influence he has really in pop culture. So. I didn't. I don't actually know. I haven't seen the full interview, but I'm wondering when he walks back. Is he thinking, oh, like in Hollywood, like well, this is what Barbara thinks? I'm sure. I'm not actually for Biden. I have to say that, but you know, I'm actually a more left. Right. Or, or, or and that's the, his friends he's talking about, right? Or is he thinking, no one supports Biden. He's terrible. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But but uh, either way, there's a 40 percent floor in this country that supports either side. and It isn't going to change. Yeah, it was tough to see if that was a moment of honesty for him or if it was kind of like, ooh, I've got to kind of like yeah. ride the line between Clean these two up. things. Because <laughs> yes. he does seem like someone who, by all accounts, genuinely cares about his fans and sort of does the Dolly Parton thing where he's like, I've got fans on both sides. I'm not going to really, you know, outwardly give loyalty to one party or another. That was really interesting. Now, we've had a lot of celebrities that have come out very hard against Trump and and stuck by it. But there's one recently that might surprise you that seems to be kind of flipping sides. So let's play that clip. Things don't get straightened up in this world ASAP. And I know Smokin' Joe has said the right thing about Israel. But when I'm seeing mother in New York City climb in public in front of crowds of people, rip down UN flags, rip down Israeli flags, rip down American flags on Veterans Day. When the economy is the way the economy is, when I'm paying mortgage rates up the wonk up, I mean, I'm getting, forget a, forget a colonoscopy. <laughs> you don't need to get a colonoscopy. Go, uh, go buy a house. The interest rates, go buy a car. And I know Smoking Joe has done some things for the, I know, but I'm telling you right now, go, go buy yourself a, go, go check, go check what it's like to buy a car, buy a house, mm-hmm. the money, the f-ing chaos in this country, the chaos around the world. But I'm too far down the <clears throat> Kringle Mandingo. I'm too far down the disruptive warrior rabbit hole to pull back. Now, the comments have been made, I said. I've had conversations with some of my, if it comes down to pig Donald Trump, 
than smoking Joe Biden? I'm sorry. I am sorry. Voting for pig Donald Trump is on the table. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll still call him slob Donald Trump, pig Donald Trump, and all that. <laughs> really classy. Wow. But we need to get this whole situation under control. All right, so maybe not the not the classiest way to state <laughs> his thoughts on that. But, you know, he has been very vocal. He's a comedian, so he's been, you know, making jokes about Donald Trump since the beginning. But even he says, you know, with the economy the way it is, and he talked about his mortgage, and we were just talking in the makeup room before this about how our makeup artist, Elizabeth, for her family of five to go to McDonald's, it was like $78. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's gotten so out of control, and I think a lot of people, just like uh, Michael Rappaport included, are saying, like, enough is enough. We've got to change something. Yeah, uh, it's it's very interesting watching um, the left kind of really get mad at Joe Biden when they were the ones who installed him there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's important to remember that this is like this is exactly what they wanted. Not just not just celebrities, but all the media, all the a lot, majority of the federal government. They all installed him, so they're dealing with the consequences of their actions right now. And people think like I tend to believe on the right. You know, we're everybody's saying, oh, the they're finally the progressive coalition is finally coming apart They're This leftist civil war is like they're not going to be able to manage it. It won't happen. They can't keep all the pieces together. I tend to disagree with that. I think this is a mere blip. Uh, I think Michael Rappaport's or any one of these leftist celebrities, their hatred for the right and like patriotic Americans will always exceed their little minor disagreements within the the Democratic Party or within like Joe Biden. I mean, they, they can't even get who cares. They're, they're acting like it's Biden's fault. Biden can't even think or speak in real sentences. So it, it's just again, it's like they're they have they have they have uh, done this by themselves and they are coming to uh, realize that maybe it wasn't smart, but. Right. Who knows? Yeah, the mess has already been made. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've got to go to break. Uh, we've got a lot more to cover. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. You know, for 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they are the only one. Uh, Glenn and the team, they've been great supporters of this show, which is why we are proud to partner with them. And Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage. They give you the ability to access all three major networks, which means that you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. So when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military, our veterans, our first responder heroes, and their 100% U.S.-based customer service team. They make switching very easy, so you can keep your number, you can keep your phone, or you can upgrade. Their team will help you find the best plan that you need. So just go to patriotmobile.com news, or you can call 972-PATRIOT, and you get free activation when you use the offer code news. So join me, make the switch today. It's patriotmobile.com news. That's patriotmobile.com slash news or call 972-PATRIOT. So even if you're not a UFC fan like I am, you're probably familiar by now with Dana White, president of the UFC, and he has decided to trash all of his Pelotons. 
This is so funny. So the two biggest boycotts of 2023, it was Bud Light for the marketing campaign featuring Dylan Mulvaney and then Target because they had a, a bunch of different LGBTQ plus products that customers didn't like. But Dana White thinks there's a chance that we might see another boycott directed at Peloton because he was on a podcast recently with comedian Theo Vaughn. And Dana White was shocked to find out that Peloton threatened to cut advertising ties with Vaughn if he didn't agree to remove a podcast episode that he'd done featuring RFK Jr. And we've got a clip of that exchange. We had Robert Kennedy Jr. on and we had a company call or a couple companies call after that and say, yeah, just stuff about him. We're not advertising on this episode. My advertiser was like, you guys need to take the episode down. Oh, Peloton was the... We just got an update. Um, it was Peloton, Peloton was the band, was the per, people who wanted an ad out Peloton, and uh, meanwhile you have RFK. So Peloton, yeah. What do they sell? Fucking bikes, the stationary bikes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Peloton <laughs> sells stationary bikes, and they got a problem with Robert fucking Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. You Peloton. Do we have Pelotons in the gym? Are those Peloton? Asports. No, no. There's bikes next to it. Asports. As. Yeah. We're getting rid of them. Yep. We're getting rid of the Peloton. Wow. And when Dana White says that, I mean, he usually means business. He had a sponsor recently say something to him about pulling down a social media post that featured Donald Trump. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm not taking it down. He's like, I don't, I don't answer to you. I think He's, he phrased that F you. Well, yes, that is, that is exactly how he, it wasn't quite, no, I'm taking it down. You're right. A lot of right. right on the show today. <laughs> That's right. But I mean, we're seeing this more and more and more. Do you, do you think, I'll, I'll start with you, Matthew. Do you think uh, it's an effective way to deal with these sorts of things to, to start the boycott? Um, I think it's the only way. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that um, you can get out of not boycotting. But I think in the past, the way people think about the boycott is wrong. Um, these are organic movements right now where people are going, no, I don't want that. And ultimately, it has to be organized, but it has to be realistic. And the left is just very, very good at it, and the right is very, very bad, as we know, mm. at doing this. Um, so what you see is people are so pumped up and so excited, and they understand the importance of the moment that they got to get their money out from under woke capital and exercise billions of dollars that are being hijacked by the left every day. So this is one of the most important things in the world for us to figure out, and it's absolutely going to take people uh, like Dana and others just going, no, in mass in order to do it. But you have to be smart about the way you do it uh, because it's really hard when every major corporation is against you. So this is a great example because Peloton is, you know, it had its rise, it became a thing, everyone knows it, and there's certainly lots of other competitors, right? And so if you got a bunch of people to say, no, we don't use that until they change, that's great. Right. I was mad because they didn't do, because I have a Peloton, yeah. and I was mad the last couple of years that they do rides for certain holidays, like a Christmas ride or a Hanukkah ride or whatever, but they didn't do anything for the 4th of July. They purposely didn't do anything because people are kind of on this anti-American bandwagon, and it made me so angry because I was like, really? And they, I mean, they purposely skipped it, so I'm not surprised, but um, it's been interesting, too, you know, to your point, like, it is important that we make make our voices heard with our dollars. Kid Rock said that he recently had a chat with the Anheuser-Busch CEO because he came out and I believe he shot a, a case of Bud Light with an AR-15 yes. or whatever it was, right? <laughs> so 
he said he confronted the Anheuser-Busch CEO because he said he opposes a boycott now because he said he has has no hate for transgender individuals, but he said that what he's really the most worried about, I think, is that the people who work for these companies, their jobs end up being affected by our boycotts. What are your thoughts on that, Logan? Yeah, uh, I mean, I personally haven't had a Bud Light since that whole fiasco. Uh, That's like my... I, I, I choose to go along with some of these, but only the smart ones, right? Like to what Matt said. Um, I think, you know, it just shows that people are fed up with it. Um, and it's like, well, sorry if you didn't want to lose all of your hardworking employees. Like I don't blame the employees for the dumb marketing decision, mm-hmm. uh, but you have to at a certain point you can't just, the way the right approaches these things sometimes is like, just, you, you can't do it, you can't uh, solve this stuff unless you completely remove yourself from society. That's not the case. Uh, you just have to use your, the power of your dollar for good. And um, you're starting to see this, some pushback uh, on governmental level too with the ESG investing and all that sort of stuff, which is good. Uh, but the right does need to get a lot more serious because they too often are funding people who just hate them and want them destroyed. Yeah, we really need to uh, to tell our audience about this as well. I mean, we've started a whole new website um, that everyone can yes. subscribe to and needs to today. Yes. Uh, but if you go to Align, which is the lifestyle section, uh, it's an entire brand that we're building out. Uh, a lot of what Align is going to do is tell every one of you at home what we've discovered about which companies are good alternatives to woke capital. And, you know, constantly... We're constantly thinking, and we're going to be publishing a lot for all of you about which companies are bad and good in this respect, and what are some great new companies that can just be alternative products and services from people who don't hate you, from people who love America. I mean, a friend of mine just sent me something about a company that makes makes tools in America, right? Very rare these days. Mm -hmm. And that's something where... You know, if you you're gonna you're gonna buy some tools, you just you know, you don't have to go to the big box store and and pay for slave labor in China, right? Right. And we're we're going to as a network bring that to our audience. I love that. And just yesterday there was a you know Xi Jinping was in San Francisco making the rounds, uh, mm-hmm. doing his thing. There was a, a business summit with a bunch of these so-called business leaders, Tim Apple, all these big. Uh, corporations, and they're just sitting there giving them a standing ovation. So it's very clear that uh, a lot of these big companies just are completely out of touch. They hate America. They view America as an economic farm for their uh, for their products. And as Matt said, you are starting to see growing uh, backlash to this. Like um, John, uh, Jonathan Isaac, right? His new yeah. company with uh, yeah. the new shoes that we're going to check yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, you're seeing an emergence of a patriot economy, which is a very good sign, but we have to keep uh, our eye on the ball and stay focused. And there, there's strength in those numbers, and I we see a lot of that at these UFC events. Yes. There are a lot of just freedom-loving um American-loving people, and that's what makes this next thing so cool. So we have a clip of Donald Trump, Kid Rock, Tucker Carlson, they were walking into a recent UFC fight, and the crowd is just going nuts. So let's play that. When he walked out of Madison Square Garden, it was bananas. Really? It was the whole place was cheering. He walks out to Kid Rock's American Badass <laughs> with Kid Rock oh, and Tucker Carlson walking in like the right-wing Avengers. <laughs> and the place went nuts. I'm telling you, the f- cheers of the crowd were nuts. 
I mean, it was overwhelmingly in support of him, and it lasted a long time. I mean, it was a roar. I mean, you had to hear what the crowd sounded like before you walked in, and then we did. I mean, it was just overwhelming cheers for like over a minute. I mean, just imagine a minute of people <laughs> screaming at the top of their lungs. So I feel like one of the best things that came out of that moment is people speculating on whether or not he and Tucker would make great running mates in the election and Tucker being VP. Yes, that would be uh, Trump. Tucker would be my ideal ticket. Um, I, I want to reiterate, this is a point I've made a few times, but um, the reason that Trump and Tucker Carlson are arguably the two most popular figures in Republican politics, at least like public facing a lot of stuff, um, is because they are cooler than the competition. Too often conservatism is just like, it just sounds like a debate club for nerds and or, or a debate club for like uh, uh, college students, like mm-hmm. arguing over what the Constitution is. Trump and Tucker don't do that. That is why they have the energy. It's because they they are very in tune with real America and they're not always preaching or lecturing to them. So yes, right. this this is my this would be my ideal ticket. I would love if they ran together. What do you think, Matthew? Yes, I um as far back as twenty eighteen, in fact, advocated um for this <laughs> uh, to happen uh to certain people and um it was certainly was an idea that was flirted with um a long time ago. Um but We'll have to see. I think the important thing about the imagery coming out is the realization that you've been cut off from both of those people. Uh, the media has cut you off from mm-hmm. Trump and from Tucker. They're, they're fragmenting America, the American media, because they don't want you to have the comms. It's a great uh, point. To, to, to see. So that, why is the energy there? You, the rush when you see those people is, oh my gosh, these two men are still alive. They're together and you know they're walking out into the crowd and... The, the entire thrust of, of all of American elite institutions right now has been to cut you off from these figures that can unify half of America against the left. Yes. Well, and a lot of people are like, well, what does Donald Trump really think about Tucker Carlson? And I believe we have a soundbite of that. Would you consider it's, it's t- Tucker, though, that they based on the... I numbers? like Tucker a lot. I guess I would. I think I'd say I would because he's got great common sense. All right, that's not a no. I mean, it sounds very positive. I think it's never been a no. I I mean, and I think so many people were were disappointed in the way things went with Pence and and all of that, and so they want to see Trump in office. But, like, who would be the most logical running mate? Tucker does seem like he would be a great fit if he would be willing to do it. Do you think Tucker would be on board with that? I'm not sure if he would. I know he's... uh there are rumors and things speculating that he's going to start his own media company. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he has a political future. I don't know. But he's certainly making the rounds and doing things. He's speaking like a political leader. He's talking like he's maybe he'll meet the movement, the moment. Who knows? But uh, it's very it's very interesting to see what his future will be. I would like him to uh, serve as Trump's vice president. I think that would be epic. Uh, but I, I just don't know how likely it is. Yeah, well, we can always hope, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, Tucker has a, a media career and a job to do to get back on air, and he's he's working at that. So 
you know, I think that his trajectory and what he sort of says and presents is, that's not who I am, that's not what I do. And he's trying to continue to do what he does best. At the same time, though, you can't get around the fact that yes. he is a political figure. Right. And it really is. I mean, Tucker, Trump, and Elon, are, those are, that's the triumvirate right now. Yeah. Yes. And you can't get around that fact, no matter how much you want to stick to media. Well, whether it happens or not, it is definitely fun to think about and speculate about, for sure. All right, we've got to go to break. Um, first, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Preborn. I'm sure you've noticed our society is ravenous to abort babies. And according to a former Satanist, the demonic forces have a bloodlust for the innocents and sickly believe their blood sacrifice empowers evil. So make no mistake, we're fighting a spiritual battle as we protect the most innocent among us, babies in their mother's womb. And Preborn stands on the front lines of this battle and their network of clinics, they're positioned in the highest abortion areas, often next to abortion mills where that unspeakable evil, it takes place every single day. So Preborn offers God's love and life to protect hurting women and those precious preborn babies. And every time a baby is saved, which happens 200 times a day, that means good conquers evil. So please make your most generous gift to empower good and rescue those precious souls. It's just $28 and you can sponsor an ultrasound that doubles a baby's chance at life. You can donate securely by dialing pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby or go to preborn.com slash Sarah. That's preborn.com slash Sarah. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Anytime the government says they're doing something in the name of equity, we know we need to buckle up. <laughs> and so the FCC, they're voting to seize American internet infrastructure in the name of of equity. So we have a great op-ed piece by Peter Giedel on uh, Blaze Media. And he writes about this, and it's actually very scary. So the FCC passed a sweeping set of new rules called the Preventing Digital Discrimination Order. It's going to radically transform the internet. There's a 200-page report that recommends implementing an exhaustive array of new restrictions. It's going to alter the internet forever. So, and this is all in the name of diversity, equity, inclusion, nothing new here. But basically, it has the ability now to censor, control, and regulate internet service providers based on vague laws around equity. Most disturbing is that it doesn't have to be discrimination, as it's generally understood, but rather disparate outcomes, meaning all internet infrastructure must produce perfect equity or face the wrath of the U.S. government. So, it, this is... Very scary. Peter writes in depth about this and talks about the ways that this will affect you and I. And there are a lot of people that oppose it. Um, Ted Cruz here in Texas, he, there's 27 other fellow senators. They oppose it because it will basically give our federal government influence over every facet of the Internet, which is scary, whether it's um, your ability to get the Internet, how much it's going to cost in certain areas. 
So Matthew, I, I know since you are our editor-in-chief of Blaze Media, what are your thoughts on this? Because I mean, this is something that I think a lot of people don't know about and don't realize how it will affect them down the road. Yeah, I think what we have to do a better job of is telling our audience all the things that are going on, and this is one of the big ones, where the government and uh, quasi-governmental agencies are trying to destroy freedom of speech in this country. And we're at a really, really pivotal time in which if, if we don't fight back, it will, I mean, they will have complete control within the next few years. And that's clearly the power grab going on. So one of the, the you can't talk about that without talking about technology. And that is why we started Return, which is our technology section, essentially, of Blaze Media. So if you go to Return, you'll be able to see reviews of technology products. Um, we're going to be constantly reviewing all the things you need as a parent, as a human being, to retain your digital sovereignty as the government comes after you. And Blaze Media itself is taking steps to make sure that we're not on all the grids that they completely control. So this, this is by Peter, who's an editor at, I mean, he's managing editor of Return, and he's writing about this, and we're just going to do a lot more to shine a spotlight on this issue, because if we don't do something about this in the next few years, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be in a real, real bad place for a real long time. Right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, what you see now, uh, if you, there's a really great chart that shows uh, employee donations uh, at all these big tech companies, and they're like overwhelming. It's like 90, 95% to Democrats. So, of course, they are going to support this. Um, <clears throat> you look at what's happening in the UK right now. People are getting arrested for posting things on the internet that are completely innocuous. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not like they're violating any laws or threatening people with violence. They're just saying, hey, I want to protect my kids or I don't agree with uh, transing my children. And they're getting arrested for this stuff. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I think this is why <clears throat> this is why you're seeing a push to go after Elon right now so hard. Uh, he is certainly a threat to their control. I mean, X was Twitter was essentially a government propaganda shop before he took over. And that's what all these other tech sites are right now. All the more reason to support the blaze, subscribe to us. Well, We've removed ourselves from big tech. Subscribe today. <laughs> it is. It's, I mean, it is really great that there are companies like ours that are trying very hard to preserve that freedom of speech. And I think for a lot of people that live in conservative states, you think, oh, well, maybe some of these things don't affect me as much. But we have another article on the site uh, that was written by Justin Haskins saying there are 15 that are, you know, quote, red states that use taxpayer dollars to push businesses to go woke. Yep. It, I mean, so a lot of a lot of these conservative states, they've adopted political causes um, that push these far left policies and don't even realize it. So companies like. American Airlines, Dell, AT&T, they openly opposed state laws meant to limit election fraud, despite the fact that none of these laws had anything to do with planes, computers, or phones. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of a scary thing that you maybe live in a, a conservative state and you think, oh, well, we don't support anything that has to do with ESG, but it turns out sometimes you do. Uh, in fact, they said that Alabama, Kentucky, Idaho, Montana, Mississippi, Ohio, Missouri, Arkansas, Florida, Texas, of the 15 Republican-dominated states that use taxpayer funds to promote corporate adoption of ESG at high rates, the worst offender was Tennessee. And some of these red states, it was higher than some far-left states like California and Illinois. Yeah, uh, red states have got to realize that it, it kind of to your point, right? 
they think that these things will not affect them. And that's kind of the problem of what the Republican Party has done for the past few decades is they think that they can just sit back and let their enemies control things and they'll, they'll just leave you alone in this magical neutral zone. That's not the case. They will make you care. One way or another, they will bring these problems directly to your doorstep. They aren't going to stop persecuting you or give you a free pass and just, uh, we'll say, we're just going to go after the bad guys. We'll leave the good Republicans alone. No, they will come after you and they will destroy you. Yes, and this, this is really important because we're talking about billions and billions of dollars that the left hijacks from good people. I mean, the injustice of this really is incalculable when you really think about what they're doing. They're hijacking billions and billions of dollars in pension funds from red states, and they're just diverting it to their own people. So every day that goes by, they're spending that money on each other, building a movement that's stronger and more powerful, while Republican politicians in these states are doing jack squat about it. So. The, the good thing is that this is the only hope we have, really, is that to get out from under woke capital, we are technically in control of red states, our side. Mm-hmm. So people can push their Republican politicians in these states and just give them hell, raise hell, and put people in there who will do the opposite. Because some of these states, uh, Florida and others, right, have stepped out. The guy in West Virginia, the treasurer in West Virginia, very good, a couple years ago, said, we're not going to use this. And none of this will go to ESG stuff. Right. But unless we positively take those steps, this is just going to keep happening. And to Matt's point, uh, I think we should reiterate something here is that he says that the left hijacks money from red states and spends it on themselves. Mm -hmm. That is because the Democrats are very good at creating patronage networks. In many cases, they will just pay their voters directly to vote for them. Okay. They will say, you vote for us, we'll cancel your student loans, we'll send you checks, mm-hmm. we'll get you on welfare programs, we'll get you hired at uh, one, of our, one of our companies. They do this so much better than Republicans do. What do you get for voting Republican? Do you, more of your money sent to Ukraine? Uh, like, I don't <laughs> right. know. But, but the left promises, and they deliver on their promises to right. their voters, and that's why they win. It's just, a, yeah, another reason we've got to regroup and start <laughs> yes. doing things in a different way. All right, so we have to go to break. First, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. I know you've seen this. For years, Hollywood has just been lacking when it comes to stories of redemption. You know, movies and TV shows, they've trended toward the anti-hero, that flawed person that makes no effort to change and then just gets worse and worse as the story goes on. Well, there's some great news here because The Blind, it's the true story of the Robertson family. It's available for purchase on Blaze TV right now. So maybe you've made a mess of your life or maybe someone you know is in a dark place or maybe all of the above. But if you or someone you know feels beyond redemption, you need to watch this movie. You're going to see that there's always hope, always. And The Blind, it takes you on this awesome journey through the life of Phil Robertson. It gives you an intimate look and the man behind the legend, all the trials and the triumphs and the values that shaped him throughout the years. So The Blind, it wasn't a Blaze Media production, but since Phil is such a big part of our Blaze TV family, we wanted to make sure that you had the opportunity to stream it here. So because it isn't ours, we can't include it as part of your subscription, but if you would rather purchase it and stream it here rather than on Apple or Amazon, we wanted to make sure that the opportunity was there. So don't miss your opportunity to own The Blind, a Phil Robertson story on Blaze TV. You can buy it today at blazetv.com slash theblind for just $19.99. That's blazetv.com slash theblind. So how old is too old to have an OnlyFans? Some of you may remember Carol Alt. She's a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. She's been a model for many decades now. She's 62 years old. 
She now has an OnlyFans account. She posted her first image this week. Um, she's following in the footsteps of some other uh, ladies of a certain age, Denise Richards, and then Donna DeErica, who used to be on Baywatch. She also has an OnlyFans. Now, she said that she's keeping it simple, and she said, you know, that she's a maverick. She said, I am taking risk, exploring new ways to connect with the audience and the fans. She said, it's the next generation of content producing revenue. It's important to own your own content. Platforms like this are the future. Always move with the times. So she basically was like, I want to still have a career, and in my mind, the way to do it is OnlyFans. What do you guys think? How old is, how old is either too old or is it appropriate? I, I've gone on Pat's show uh, several times talking about OnlyFans and some of the dangers and the evils there, so I'm, I'm the wrong person to be a proponent of OnlyFans. <laughs> but I do sort of agree with Carol in that you do have to kind of move with the times, but is this the right direction? I, I'll let you I, ha handle that one. I mean, there is no age at which it is okay to be doing OnlyFans, in my opinion. Right. Um, so this is ridiculous. We've just got to this place where we have, I don't know, sort of what, it's like legalized prostitution or stripping, uh, you know, like stripping, taking... It's like a digital prostitution. Yeah, yeah. And we just made that normal for young people and old people alike. Um, I don't like that about this story. I think it's ridiculous. And then the last part, I think that also I'll just say, there is something to this where there's like this selfish desire that everyone always should be young and good looking or treated as if they are. And, and no, that's not the case. It's not that there's different kinds of beauty. Of course there is. Right. People get older. Um, they're still beautiful in different ways. But there's this kind of you know, hanging on. No, no, I'm still good looking yeah. and I should still be able to be a supermodel and I'm going to strip and it's somehow empowering. And it's always, all of this stuff always reminds me of like the guy who owns the strip club telling the 18 year old girl that no, no, it's empowering. It's right. going to help you out. You know, yeah, feel good about this. <laughs> well, you know, we have a, a resident expert here at uh, the blaze, Alex Stein, who's had an OnlyFans <laughs> model or two on his show. And he recently interviewed one um, asking her about not. her choice to sell provocative photos online. So we'll take a listen. Can I ask a genuine question? Please, of course. Okay. Can you just put me in her on the box? I'm just, no pun intended. <laughs> okay. There's a real question. What is your long-term plan because your looks will eventually fade and so will your income. Are you planning on saving a lot or just hoping you're married to a wealthy man by then? Um, I mean, both. I have, um, honestly, I might even like make my own agency or something. And then recruit more women to become digital prostitutes? No, Christy, don't. Just not recruit them, the, what girls that are already doing it and just make them a lot of money. Um, but yeah, of course, I'm going to be like saving, investing, et cetera. I, like, I'm not just like a dumb blonde with only bands. Like, I went to school for, I wanted to be a lawyer. I went to school, I was pre-law. I have multiple real estate licenses. Like, I, like, I understand how like life works and business and investing. She has a real stuff. estate license. That's really I impressive. know, but everybody yeah, on OnlyFans has a real estate license. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, to the point that both of you made, we were talking during the break about someone like Madonna. You know, she made this name for herself as being provocative and sexy or whatever, but now that she's older, it, something about it just seems sad still trying to be a 20-year-old when you're not a 20 It's okay to age. Yeah, yeah that's the reality uh, of our digital hellscape, I think, that it has created for a lot of people. 
um, we've got we've created this weird system of very perverse incentives and uh, just started worshiping individualism and materialism and the sexual revolution. I think it's fair to say that now, as we look around in our present day, the sexual revolution was probably a mistake. Um, it has not really empowered women. Uh, birth rates are just through the floor. Marriages aren't staying together. I mean, no good a has lot, come from it. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of problems in our digital age right now, and uh, we we're certainly going to need to grapple with uh, how we can use technology for the good and right. not just the bad. And that's I think what we're aiming. That's to the do message we need to send to you, Carol. All right, we got to go to break. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Snoop Dogg says that he has given up smoke. He said, after much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy at this time. Real fake joke, not what do you think's going on here? Is it fair to say he dropped it like it's hot? Oh, no. (laughs) It is absolutely fake, and I don't know whether he's one of those guys who probably hasn't smoked anything in 20, 30 years Mm -hmm. and is just going to sell edibles to the rest of us Mm -hmm. and make tons more money. Uh, but uh, there's an op here. There's an op here. Yeah, what do you think, Logan? Yeah, uh, I think it's a, definitely a marketing ploy. Probably smart because a lot of people like Snoop Dogg, but we'll see what, what he does. So if he comes out with a new line of edibles or gummies or whatever, we'll know what the deal was. You heard it here first. All right, Matthew Logan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you back here again on Monday. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.